calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Wallentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the office of the vice president. So grab your running mate and let's get civical. Are doing super great. We just came back from a trip upstate. We did. Arden and I went on our first vacation together. It was so great. We did very well. We travel well together. We do travel well together. I don't. It wasn't surprising, but I no. was delighted by it. The same. Same. Yes. I, I hope like, you didn't mind me being the mom the whole time. Oh my god, Arden! I couldn't have loved anything more. I just felt like you were always cooking. <laughs> You're always cooking. You're always making me food. And I was just like, great. I love this. And then I would just sort of be like, I'll do the dishes. But you know what? That's the best. I know. Like, I much prefer to cook and have somebody else do the dishes. Literally, it was all a ploy. It was all, and look, I'm happy because I can't cook for shit. Like, we would have had only like <laughs> chips and salsa the entire weekend because mama's not good. Mama's not good on a stove. No, we didn't even listen. I grilled twice. You did grill. It twice. was shocking. Using charcoal. Charcoal. <laughs> charcoal. Put that grill. in the throat. Charcoal. charcoal. Yeah. No, yeah. I couldn't. I would have set the whole thing ablaze. I created illuminations. Illuminations. Guys, happy post 4th of July. Happy, happy. We saw illuminations. Yes. I hope you saw illuminations. I hope you were safe. I hope there was a cannon somewhere. But what a, a, we watched the hot dog eating contest. We did. What were your thoughts? It was kind of amazing. I mean, 
I felt like he started off super strong. Yeah, well, and you like, do. Well, yeah, and then I like as we were watching it, I said, I was like, "There's no way he's not going to get 75 hot dogs." Like, yeah, he's got well, to get the pace that he was setting. Yeah, yeah, and I was, and then he petered off, and then what did he get? 71, 71. But everybody else was still like 20, 20 behind, behind yeah. him, and I was like, "This man, hmm. Joey Chestnut," as we we're talking about, obviously American right. hero, friend of the show. Yeah, 71 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah. That's so many hot dogs. So many hot dogs. And it's so funny because you see him after it's over and he's just kind of like leaning over and the the commentators are like, <laughs> if he vomits, it's a disqualification. <laughs> and you're like, keep it down. You're keep like, it down. oh boy, keep it down. I But I don't know how long they have to not vomit for, which is what I should look up. That'd be, that'd be interesting to know. I bet it's like 10 minutes. It's got to be something reasonable. You're right. Yeah. Like because you can't throw up right away, but eventually, like if your body, he must make himself vomit. You can't I just would. you can't just move through life with seventy one hot dogs in your belly. Like no, could you imagine the next morning? That would be a disaster yeah. waiting to happen. I wonder if you kept that all in your system. Yeah, you would get explosive, explosive diarrhea. diarrhea. Explosive. My body would be like, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that I did love, and I loved like. What channel board was that on? Was that ESPN? That was certainly ESPN, listen, the sports channel. Listen, ESPN, they're running, they're like for a 10 minute event. Yeah. They vamped the so hell much. out of that show. So much. There's so much to talk about. There's so, I mean, the language. Oh, wow. I love wow. all of the like the introductions to the various people who are like, pianist and pe- like yes I, I just plays so guitar great. in his spare time avid <laughs> cyclist <laughs> it's absolutely incredible incredible it's absolutely incredible uh yeah so we had a great we had a great fourth of july it was really fun and and now and now we're back we're back to our normally scheduled programming talking about you guessed it the vice president of the united states yes the office of the vice president the vp the 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 pv the i'm gonna stop that bit it's not working the vp VP. and all that comes with it which wasn't a lot at the beginning no it was very lot he was basically the the vice president was basically just like a placeholder for the president he was a just in case typhoid yeah yeah typhoid yeah. Of all the diseases. I know. I feel like I drop in syphilis a lot. I drop in scurvy. You do syphilis and scurvy a lot. I am pleased that you decided to mix I'm it up. I'm out, yeah. You are keeping me on my toes, mm-hmm. um, and I'm thrilled. Typhoid. Great. Great. So we're going to start with what the qualifications are to be vice president and to succeed? Mm-hmm. Great. The qualifications are the same that of the presidency <laughs> which makes sense right it's they have to be a natural born citizen of the united states which what does that mean i don't know uh, a resident for 14 years and 35 years of age or older yes. but you know what's interesting not to just start us off at a 10 but i understand like i understand that the president and the vice president have to have the same qualifications yeah because like you know yeah. if you if they die or whatever get impeached maybe they become president right but then you think about number three, Speaker of the House, different qualifications because it's a different qualification oh, to be so in the House. So right. then what? Am I a genius? You're a genius. I'm a genius. That's crazy. I, I had never thought of that before. I'm just I just feel like all the, like you would think all the line of people in the succession would have to have the same qualifications. Yeah, you would think. I mean, that would be you couldn't do that. You would have to like lower the qualifications of the presidency, which. You couldn't, yeah. which I don't, you know, like who would 
that sounds like a big yeah thing to do but that is um it feels like a bit of a loophole it's a loophole found it <laughs> there it is but it again like i want to just of a, like we forgot about something we there. forgot about something of course you did where everything's an afterthought yep. but i love that it's 14 years like again i know we've talked about this but 14 years i know it's weird 14 i don't well, get I it know. i don't get it somebody call me and tell me why it's 14 years and not 15 Such an odd number 10 i know whole numbers Maybe somebody had a phobia about odd numbers. It seems like, honestly, based on the qualification shit, it, that is true. Yeah. A lot of even numbers in this bunch. So, yes. Yeah, so the the same, the qualifications are the same for the presidency and the VP. And obviously that's because if the, if the president can no longer do his duties, mm-hmm. the vice president will obviously have to step in and they have to be... Qualified. They have to be the same quali- qualifications, right. which, right. again, th- I love that qualifications are just like age and and time spent in the country right not like <laughs> not, like, not like, like you must have a degree you must have land like you it's just it's just age, age and, and length which like and length of time in the country which i'm like i assume is them being like if you've spent 14 years in our nation you're clearly committed and it's like right. i don't know about that <laughs> well i mean i guess back in 17 no 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 like you know yeah, to spend at least fourteen years. Right. I, although I guess like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, well, we want to make sure you don't go back to Britain, right, or wherever you came or from, or wherever you came from. We want to make sure that you like the country. Right. You're committed to our startup right. nation. Incredible. Yeah. So that's the qualifications, and now we're going to talk about the path of succession <laughs> for the VP, and that is found in we're going to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I read from the Constitution. I'm so excited to return to her. Article 2, Section 1, and this is what it said if something should happen to the president. In case of removal of the president from office or of his death, resignation or inability to discharge the powers and duties of the said office, the same shall devolve on the vice president, and the Congress may by law provide for the case of removal, death, (laughs) resignation, resignation or inability both of the president and vice president declaring what officer shall t- shall then act as president and such officer shall act accordingly until the disability be removed or president shall be elected what i oh wow that was i was doing know, the accent right? and then and then i got super confused because it's there's that's a sentence that is that was one sentence a sentence with 19 commas right I, I love this bit about until the disability be removed. Like what? Is that like medical? Right. Like, are you like, well, cause like it, he's got gangrene and then we take away the arm. Well, <laughs> yes. well, isn't it sometimes where it's like, if they go into surgery, if they go under, then like the vice president is technically acting as president while the right. president is like, is like uh, uh, unconscious, unconscious on yes. the operating table. Yeah. Is that what it means? Probably were they not back then? Well, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were very alert. <laughs> just like, all right, Bill, we're gonna saw it off. We're just gonna saw it off. Bite down on this bark. We'll call it a day. Where's the whiskey? Where's Somebody the whiskey? Give him the whiskey. I think I just think that's such a funny thing to say until the until the disability be removed. Like until the okay. disability be removed. Yeah. Throw some yeah. leeches on it. It'll be all right. Yeah. Um, so this is just saying the vice president becomes president. Yeah. In cases, in all of these cases, in death, these resignation, inability, inability to discharge the powers and duties of the said office. Wow. Yep. What's well, inability? I know they don't define that. Inability. I feel like, how vague. <laughs> 
How big? How, how what big of you? What does inability you. mean? Uh, I feel like we have an inability now. Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Okay. So, uh, yes, they didn't. They did not define inability or what devolve meant, which is great. Nor if the position would be acting or permanent. I love that. I know because they were like of all the things that like the founding fathers then found to nitpick about this very long sentence. They had problems with the word devolve, mm, where it says mm-hmm. the the like the duties of the said office the same shall devolve on the vice president. They were like, okay, but what does devolve mean? Like, I know we just wrote it ten years ago. I literally, I'm just like, could you, we just decide? You're all alive. <laughs> Everybody who wrote this is living. What are you talking about? I, I hate these men because they're just like, wait, does anybody remember what this we meant by this? <laughs> they took no notes. Oh, man. I hate that they didn't know what they meant. I know. They didn't know what they meant. They just said, shall devolve. And so then people were like, well, but what does that mean? Does that mean like an acting president? Is it temporary? Like what, you know, do they have to be real? Like, is it a full term? Like they didn't define any of that shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no definition. And they also weren't clear about what happens in the case of a vacancy in the vice presidency. No. It's like, what do we do there? Which right. there have been several. Several. We'll talk about those later, but there right. have been several vacancies. Yep. And obviously, if something has happened to the president and you're moving the vice president out of the president, out of his position into the presidency. Which has happened. Like, use your wooden noggin. You're creating a vacancy. You're creating a vacancy. You've written a vacancy. You have written in a space. So deal with it. Yes. I love it. Um. <clears throat> So we had a vacancy problem. Yeah. We had a vacancy problem. <laughs> I love that. We, vacancies were rampant. We had <laughs> that many. And so many vacancies until the, the 25th Amendment. And this this passed in the 50s, right? Um, it passed in, in the, the 60s. 60s. Sorry, in yeah. the 60s. Yeah, so they passed. So and they had a bunch of vacancies, and it wasn't really working out very well for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward like you know 150 years they finally decided to solve this problem in the 1960s they passed the 25th amendment uh-huh. in 1963 and part of it was because there were two kind of main pivotal points that kind of threw into sharp relief why not having a solution to the vacancy problem of the vice presidency or not clarifying the relationship of like how you pass from vp to president mm-hmm why they needed clarification around that. So the first, I mean, I love that. Like we look, we've now reached a point where we need clarification 200 years later. later. So the first was in 1958 when Eisenhower entered into an agreement with vice president, Richard Nixon that provided for Nixon to serve as acting president in the event of presidential quote inability during the start of the Cold War. So they what? were Yeah, they were super afraid that like Eisenhower was gonna die, that oh. the USSR was gonna like bomb the fuck out of us and like something was gonna happen to Eisenhower and he like Eisenhower wanted it to be very clear that it was Nixon Nixon's responsibility to take over the presidency. Wait, and so they but had I feel a like very that's specific clear. Like I feel like I feel like when the president dies, yeah. it goes to the vice president. I feel like that part is clear. Yeah, but I think at this time still the vice presidency was just thought as like of a placeholder position. And I oh, think sure. what Eisenhower was doing was like, but you will be president. You, you, capital P, you will be president, Nixon. Um, great. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. So Eisenhower went to Nixon and was like, we're, we're I choose good, you. right? Like, I choose you. Look <laughs> him in the eye and just Man. tell me that you understand that if we should get bombed beyond all belief and somehow... 
you survive and I don't. You're president. You you are president. You are president. Love. The other one was, of course, the assassination of JFK in 1963. Of course, it always comes back to JFK. Always comes back to JFK. Because then Lyndon Johnson, who was with them in Dallas, yeah. took over like on the plane, on yeah. the tarmac. And, yeah, we've seen the pictures. And we've seen the pictures. So he was assassinated in 1963 in, in, um, in Texas. And so really after that, they were like, okay, okay, we got to make this crystal clear. Yeah. So they wrote, the Congress wrote and uh, passed the 25th Amendment on July 6, 1965. It was ratified just shy of two years later on February 10th, 1967. And it changes, there. Um, I think there are four or five sections of it. I'm just going to mm-hmm. read the first two because they're the ones that are Matter. the most interesting. So section one now reads, in case of the removal of the president from office or of his death or resignation, the vice president shall become president. Like Clear. Crystal, crystal clear. Crystal clear. Does not devolve. Wow. Does there's not no what, devolve. There's no devolve. They took that out and they were like, no, this is it. He becomes <laughs> when this president. this happens, that happens. Right. A plus B equals C. Love exactly. It. And then section two says, whenever there is a vacancy in the office of vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Close quote. So also crystal clear. Crystal clear. What happens happens with the vacancies? I love it. So, yeah. So the amendment, the 25th Amendment clarified the line of succession between the vice president and the president and allowed for the president to nominate a vice president like he would any other kind of cabinet position yeah and then once confirmed by a majority vote in both houses of congress the new vp is then sworn in love Mm -hmm. love and we can do like a whole little other episode on the 25th amendment yeah 25th is big kind of in it's really interesting too like what led them to do that yeah well yeah the (laughs) eisenhower being like i'm going to die (laughs) (laughs) you might too but in case it's me it's gotta be you it's gotta be you (laughs) so let's talk about how how the VP is chosen. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about VP. Let's baby. talk about V and P. Let's talk about you and me. So we talked a little bit about this before, but the VP was originally chosen by the Electoral College. Oh, I just choked on a blueberry. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Electoral College, the EC, the bane of my existence. Love it. Yep. So whichever they used to just cast votes for president and then mm-hmm. whoever got the second most votes was vice president was vice president it's an interesting it's an interesting theory it's an right. interesting like i i go back and forth because in some ways i'm like oh it's great you always have i guess you always have like a two different parties working together right you know like it forces that yeah but then it's also like i don't want that you know right, <laughs> <laughs> right. well and it didn't take them because the parties weren't strong at this point and they didn't want there right. to be strong parties that right. like had it stayed had the like the the political mentality or like the non ideological kind of bent of our political society stayed the same like if we mm-hmm. didn't have such partisanship mm-hmm. it might have worked out yeah. except that like that's not how humans are and they quickly no. like choose a camp and figure out how to like win the game for themselves right which is exactly what happened in 1800. Exactly. Do we remember? We do remember. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then the framers were afraid that that individual electors within the electoral college too could be like, as political parties became a thing, they were afraid that if 
that it could get to a point where they could finagle an election to like choose somebody from their own party. Right. Right, right. So the framers required that electoral college members vote for two persons, one of whom should be at one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves, yes. meaning with the elector. Yes, I remember this. Remember this? We talked about it. So it they makes didn't, no sense. Right. So they didn't want somebody who was like an electoral college member from like Ohio. Yeah. Voting twice for somebody for from, from Ohio, Ohio because yeah. then like all you're doing is taking your political power and like putting right they didn't want that it's a lot of fuss for the electoral college I just I wish I that know. they were like they're like okay well okay let's try to figure this out and they're just like trying to figure out how to not make the electoral college like the shittiest thing ever and right. I'm just like why at any point did they not think maybe this isn't the way maybe this isn't the way right or did, this is this seems really complicated and I feel like maybe we if we just went back to the drawing board. Right. We would avoid some of these problems. Because there are so many stopgaps that they put in, like just in case the Electoral College fucks up. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you just should not have the Electoral College. Right. <laughs> how about how about that? How about that? Um, so this guy, Jules Whitcover, who wrote a book on like the, the changing, how the vice presidency changed from like the founding fathers basically to modern day. Yeah. Said... Quote, in the period before the creation of parties, no consideration was given to the possibility of the two winners reflecting rival views and policies, as happened in the third election with John Adams, who was a Federalist as president, and Thomas Jefferson, who was an Anti-Federalist as vice president serving together. Like, nobody thought that was... Gonna happen? Gonna be weird. Oh, no, and the... Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody thought it was gonna be weird. It was Except like, John and TJ are like... Oh, oh, you, you uh, fucking hate your I, face. There's, but again, there's nine of them. There's nine of them. And the, I right. was looking at like the who like our first vice presidents were. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all you bitches were like ended up becoming president or like you're somebody who we've talked about. There's literally right. only nine people in this country yeah. and the goat and the goat. And then they're just like they're just circulating through yep. like positions in this country. And then until, until they like all died. And then right. we were like. Fresh uh, next, <laughs> next, <Who's> okay, next. <laughs> um, but it would be like completely odd to us now to have like Trump and Hillary. Yeah, it would be that would, would be insane, in, insane. But I also think that it would have been a very like we would just be living in a different time if right. whoever became whoever was second place became vice president. Right. Like I think we would just be in a, a totally different totally. place. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So after the debacle of 1800, the debacle of 1800, I, know, I got real fancy with my I writing. I love that. So Do we remember? remember the election of 1800 between it was, there were four people, Jefferson, Burr, Adams, and this guy Pinckney. Pinckney. <laughs> I love it's like three super famous historical figures and Pinckney. <laughs> Congress passed the 12th Amendment to create separate ballots for each office so that a tie was never again possible for the president and vice presidency in an electoral college vote. So they um, Congress passed the 12th Amendment to get rid of that and to create separate ballots. Yes. So this meant that those running for president kind of began to choose their running mates. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like as strong of a decision as what we think of now. Yeah. But they did start to do that. And it became more of like, who can I... Like kind of what we think of today, like who can I use to gain political sway? Like right. who would benefit me? Right. It wasn't like as much in their consciousness as it is now, but it started a little bit back then. So I found this really great article by a woman named Beth Pye Lieberman mm -hmm. from Smithsonian Magazine. We so love you Smithsonian. Know she's real. We love Smithsonian. And she in her, I'm just going to 
like quotes and things because I just thought they were super interesting. Go for it. So she said, quote, President Jackson in 1832 personally chose his chief political strategist, Martin Van Buren, as his vice president and relied heavily on his counsel. Martin. Yeah. Uh So, like, you're starting to see, like, people very, you know, not that long after the 12th Amendment passed, like, starting to change the position of vice presidency from this, like, thing that nobody really wanted like right. nobody wanted to be place. right it's, it's a consolation a, prize it's a consolation prize nobody wanted to be vice president nobody was running for vice president right. it was like ugh, now what do i do and once they changed it people were like oh oh i could make something out of this maybe yeah. <laughs> i could be a contender i could be a contender <laughs> so then and then pi lieberman the woman who wrote this article said that the next time a president chose his running mate was in 1864 when abraham lincoln chose to drop you can say it Hannibal Hamlin. Hannibal Hamlin. Uh, friend of the show, Hannibal Hamlin. Hannibal wow. Hamlin. Your parents did you dirty, Hannibal. <laughs> that is Hannibal amazing. Hamlin. You didn't know the 90s were going to come up. You didn't know Jodie Foster was going to be a thing. Oh, like, man. Mm. Dr. Lecter. Woof. Hannibal Hamlin. Who is Buffalo Bill? Oh, God. Just recently watched that film. Oh, my God. A classic. So good. Hannibal Hamlin. Wow. Yep. I would also drop Hannibal. Sorry. <laughs> Me. Oh, man. Um, he was Lincoln's first term vice president, and instead he chose Andrew Johnson, a war Democrat, to strengthen his chances of reelection. Wow. What about choice? What about choice? Yep. Uh, hindsight is 2020. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, quote, in 1940, FDR. D- <gasps> I know. This uh, is uh, actually, do you want to read this? Okay. Yeah. I absolutely want to read this because okay, these, these are, are the life I live now. This is the life. This is what Lizzie, this was her life for the last two months. I know. So um, these quotes are still both from. Smithsonian. Yes. So in 1940, FDR demanded under threat of not seeking a third term that Henry Wallace be his running mate. Four years later, so when he was going for his fourth term, he acquiesced in Harry Truman on the advice of his political advisors. This is this play that I just did. So yeah, man, Henry Wallace was his vice president. And then when it came for the fourth term, the people in charge did not like him. They didn't like him. They were like, he's too communist. He's too left. So they chose Harry Truman, who, as we know, ended up becoming president because FDR died 80 days into his fourth term. Crazy. 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 Man, God, it must suck to be vice president and then not get chosen again. (laughs) Man. I know. That's a blow. To serve so many terms and then at the end be like, no, we don't want you. Yeah. It's sad. Also, what if we had had Henry Wallace? I feel like it would have been a very different end of the war. Yeah. If uh, Wallace was vice president. Also just set us up for something for like a continuation of FDR's very leftist progressive. Very policies. leftist. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been very interesting, but yep. it was not Still to be. be. And then finally, President Eisenhower <laughs> was not aware. This is a quote again. President Eisenhower was not aware at the time he had a voice in the selection and followed the advice of Thomas E. Dewey and Herbert Brown, brown nil. <laughs> Poor Eisenhower. I know. He, he was like, I didn't know I had a choice. I didn't know. I didn't Nobody know. told me I could pick. <laughs> Fuck. I can pick my own VP. I would choose my friends. I would choose oh. my friends. Uh, yeah. Poor Eisenhower. He was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> dick. <laughs> it's you? They told me it's I had to you. pick you. It's you, Dick. Uh, it's so sad. It's I so know. sad. I know. But yeah, man, that's a great... That's that's Those are some like kind of fun facts. They're kind of fun facts. They're yeah. kind of fun facts about presidents who, did, who like 
went against the grain, you know, yeah. like did something new, did something fresh for their VPs. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so cute. Even if they had no idea they were doing it. They're like, <laughs> if they were like Eisenhower, they're like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so this all begs the question now that we've talked about how we, how we get them, how well, we get them, where they come where from, they come from how it's changed over time. This yeah. office, we should talk about like what they actually do. No. Um, Can you imagine? I know. Let's uh, just not. Let's just not tell them what they do. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun. So the position has only two constitutional mm-hmm. functions. Mm-hmm. Very, very but, thin. Very thin. <laughs> Mainly because also the two things that it's the, the two duties that are delegated to the vice president presidency are like they never very inactive. Very, rarely. Very happen. inactive. They preside over the Senate in the in the instance of a tie vote. I mean, I don't know. I'd say Mike Pence at the beginning of his term. He was he was breaking a he lot was, of ties. He was breaking a lot of ties. He's a very he active VP at that beginning. Yes, he was. So that's the first one. And then the second one is there a walking insurance policy to fill the presidency in the event that the president dies, becomes ill. Or is swept away by aliens. We love. love. Either you're just waiting to break a tie or for someone to die. <laughs> Boom, bada, bing. Who needs me? Who needs me? Death? Tie or die. Both? Tie or nah. die. Nah. <laughs> but the modern vice presidency, compared to what it was in the 1800s, has more opportunities for political involvement and just general influence. Yeah. Which really started when, in 1947 when Congress added the VP as a statutory member to the National Security Council. I get it. I'm on board. Right? I'm just like, well, <laughs> again, but that's like 200 years of them being like, hey, actually, this is a private meeting only. <laughs> you, the <laughs> vice president, can't be in. Can't it's be insane any. because I'm like, assume, like, you have these these people that are existing basically just in case the president dies. Right. But you're not including them on like national security council meetings. They're not prepared. They're not prepared. You're not preparing these kids for real life. You're not teaching them how to be an adult. (laughs) Could you imagine then if they showed up and like, okay, this uh, president has dead, has died. So you're ready now. And you're like, what? (laughs) Where's Russia? (laughs) Where is it? Where is it? So great. I'm glad that they're finally on the National Security Council. Right. So they're on the National Security Council. It also became a strong springboard to the presidency, like we saw with Truman and Johnson, Nixon, Ford, and Bush the Papa. Bush the first. I know, right? But it was really friend of the show, love of our lives, Jimmy Carter, who yeah. created the vice presidential structure that we know today. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Shout out to my boy, Jimmy Carter. We love you. Such a fan. Such, Such a fan. fan. He chose Walter Mondale, who, according to our, you know, beloved Smithsonian Magazine article, acted as a advisor and troubleshooter for Carter, logging many international miles and was a key player in the much contested domestic struggle over the Panama Canal treaties, which transferred control of the canal to Panama. And they established a new set of resources and expectations that permanently transformed the office of the vice presidency. So they basically like set up the structure and modeled the relationship between a constructive vice president, an active constructive vice president and a president. I feel like they renovated the vice presidency. Totally. They're like curtains. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do curtains. We'll do hardwoods. A really beautiful backsplash. <laughs> subway tiles. Can we get subway, subway tiles, tiles in the kitchen? The backsplash. Um, a farm sink. <laughs> oh, I want a farm sink. I know. Sink. Everybody wants a farm sink. Oh, God. We all so want a farm hot. sink. Golden anyway, life. I love. 
and like Mondale was totally into it. He was like, I would be too. I'd be like, finally, something to do. Something to do. Like, I'll do international miles. Right. I'll go to Panama. I've been to Panama. Panama. I went to Panama this year. Great country. Great. Huge fan. Love. Oh, I forgot you went to Panama. I, I'm not lying. I no, actually went did. to Panama. I was like, is she being Lizzie or is she being Walter Mondale? No, no. I'm. I so am hard to tell. Not taking on the persona of Walter Mondale. That'll happen later in the show. Uh, that was literally Lizzie just sharing a personal fun fact that I've been to Panama. Been to Panama just this year. Your pictures were fantastic. Thank you. I had a great time. So Mondale, because he was so into it, prepared a paper on how he visualized <laughs> this would be me. This would absolutely be me. I have five thousand words <laughs> on how I visualize the role of the uh, vice president. Jimmy, Jimmy, I don't know if you would like to read my Jimmy. Piece. I've done some. I, I've done some research. I'd love. <laughs> to share with you to share with you so he wrote this paper on how he visualized the role of the vice president and he was the first to be given an office in the west wing and total access to the oval office as a general presidential advisor and partner look right they were like uh shoot for the stars shoot for the stars also at this point they're like listen (laughs) the world is so big the world is vast the nation is so large the night is dark and full of terrors and i as a single human cannot Run this ship alone. I can't. I Mommy needs more. help. Mommy needs help in the kitchen. Right. Yes. Where is my dishwasher to my chef? Like th- they needed, mm-hmm. they needed support. They needed yeah. a support system. And then Jimmy Carter, like bless him, was like smart enough to realize that. And Walter Mondale was like, "Listen, I'm down. Let's do it. I'm do. Let's do it. Let's like, create if this you're partnership. Ready, I'm ready. And then yeah, it was the first one and. We've basically followed that model to this day. Of course we have. I love it. I love Jimmy so much. Shout out to Jimmy, my best friend. Okay. How has the position of the vice president changed over time? I'll tell you. Um, As we've talked about before, the framers created the role of vice president as a true afterthought. (laughs) It was literally just a position for the runner up for the president to take. Like that was it. That was it. And in case he died, that was it. Yeah. Over time, as we've talked about, the office has become less of a presidential placeholder as more vice presidents have made the position their own by champion, champ, oh my God, championing, championing, yep, causes and wielding the political power that comes with being second in command to the president. I love that. They're kind of like, all right, I can do some good here. Yeah. For example, John Adams, friend of the show, the first vice president called the job the most quote insignificant office that ever the invention of man contrived <laughs> he was so snarky so snarky. He, was so snarky he was so mad he was like this is stupid i don't want to do this this is this is i had nothing to do this is why when we were talking about in our presidential cabinet episode he didn't want to be in the cabinet right. as the vice president because he was like what am i gonna say right what am i gonna say there's no i don't want to be here do. i, have no I don't want to be here and i want to be at home right. i want to be at home i want to look i want to i want to be reading my books i want to write my diary i don't want to be here <laughs> well it's not like he was in charge of anything at no. least if you were like secretary of of war or whatever were, yeah you, you were had, very busy you were very busy at all times we were yeah. always at, so you know Dan, another uh, mean quote about the vice presidency, Daniel Webster passed on the job offer with, quote, I do not propose to be buried until I am dead. (laughs) (laughs) 
what a drama queen. I do not propose to be buried until I'm dead. Oh, man. I know. Oh, man. So, yeah, early on, no one wanted this job. No one was interested in being the vice president. Uh, the government itself didn't have much regard for the position of the vice presidency. Uh, you, it used to be considered a legislative job for the purposes of salary. Yeah, they weren't even Literally, like, you're just here to get a paycheck. Yep. You're just here to get a paycheck and nothing else. You don't do anything. I like how every... I like this idea of, like, the other... Eight people and the goat <laughs> looking at the vice president being like, you're nothing. You're nothing. I'm not impressed by this. No. You're just here for a paycheck. Like, go away. We don't need you here. But I love that the like, the people who were supposed to be taking this position were like, I would I would rather sooner die. die. I would sooner die than become vice than president. Become vice president. Whereas, like, if somebody was like, do you want a job and do not to do nothing? I'd yeah. be like, 100%. yes, yes, 100 percent. I, I, I have such vice presidential energy. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. I would walk amongst DC, uh, like walk around and look at the peonies. I'd be like, hello, beautiful landscaping. Yeah. <laughs> look at the monuments. Who is your gardener? <laughs> <laughs> so that was like, that was 18th century opinions. It differs very significantly from former vice president Joe Biden's view mm-hmm. of his former job. Cause he was quoted as saying, quote, the way the world has changed, the breadth, oh my God, what a word, the breadth and the scope of the responsibility an American president has virtually requires, has virtually requires a vice president to handle serious assignments just because the president's plate is so very full. So Joe's like, I'm doing so much because he's doing so much right i'm there to be his support yeah and it has like the role of the vice presidency has grown so much and now i'm doing so much yeah like it's vital bless his heart bless his heart so he loved it he loved loved being vice president yeah the perspective of the vice presidency has changed yeah from john adams to joe biden i mean even mike pence seems like he's enjoying the job Right. Although I don't know, I haven't. I, we don't have any quotes from him, but I'm sure he's. He doesn't talk. He actually doesn't speak, no. so it's hard to find quotes from him. But he like, but you see him like he de- like they do a lot now. You know, right, they right, like right. give speeches. You see them. You know. Yep. It like even, means something to like send the vice president to do something, right? Like totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they are often sent on like yes diplomatic missions. Yes. You know, and it's like when when a vice president arrives, it's like like a head of state. Right. Great. So recent VPs. Yeah. Who are they? So going in, I guess we'll start with most, most recent Mike Pence. We know him. VP to Donald Trump. Yep. He actually has been like, if you think if you compare him, compare him to Biden, Pence is like nowhere. He's very silent. He's very, yeah. Very, very like, in the shadows out of the, out of his bedroom when he's needed for a break tiebreaker vote. I, yep. And aside from that, like doesn't really do much, which is kind of surprising considering that when he was a governor, he was active. He was very active and yeah. tr- and passed, like signed a lot of legislation that was fairly conservative and yeah. I always, I mean, I'll say this till the end of time. I think he's playing the long game. Oh, he's totally playing the long game. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you have such a vocal president and you're the vice president, and yep. there's a lot of contention there. Yep. Keep if if he keeps his head low to the ground. They will try to get him elected president. So then before him, obviously, we had Joe Biden, who was Barack Obama's vice president for the full eight years. Mm-hmm. It's also they don't change VPs now. Like generally they stick with them. It yeah. would have been like a big deal if after four years, Barack would have been like different one. Joe, what? what? I, mm. Yeah. I feel like unless they're a super unpopular, like something happens and there's right. like a scandal. Right. Nobody's going to change their vice president, even if they don't get along because. Right. 
That looks really bad. Yeah. Unless the people are like, this dude's bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then they would just switch yeah. it up, I feel like. But eight years, yep. Eight years for Joe Biden under Barack Obama. And before that, it was Dick Cheney. Oh, boy. I know. I felt like he would have something to say about this, so I didn't really put in a lot of notes. He was George, H., uh, George W. Bush's vice president for eight years. And, uh, you know, really took to the helm after 9-11. Oh, really? He just, just was like, I think the executive office can do anything was kind of his mentality was just to be like how much power can i legally get very interesting man yeah definitely problematic certainly orchestrated the iraq war yeah yeah that's that's old dick shot a guy in the face accidentally (laughs) i forgot about that i have a childhood memory of being like wow the vice president shot someone in the face A hunting accident, and then the dude who got shot in the face apologized <laughs> for getting shot in the face. <laughs> That's the power of Dick Cheney. He can shoot a guy, and then the dude is the one who's apologizing, not Dick Cheney. No, crazy, insane. And then before that, it was Al Gore for eight years under Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, it was Dan Quayle for four years under George H.W. Bush. Don't hear about him anymore. I know. Hope he's well. Is he living? I don't not know. sure. Dan, if you're living, give us a call. <laughs> Just to let us know you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the reason ones. I love. Yeah. Let's close it out on fun facts. Do it. Fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. Great. First fun fact. The pro- position of the vice president did not exist under the Continental Congress or the Articles of Confederation. So no. the first two drafts of this country did not have. It was like, we have the one guy and we hope he lives. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> um, like a bad idea. Yeah. So when we created this nation we know now, the first vice president we ever had, we've talked about, was John Adams, yeah. who hated it. Hated it so much. Uh, another friend of the show was a vice president, Elbridge Jerry. Oh my God, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. What everywhere. a busy bee. What a busy little worker bee he was. Oh my he God, was the he did fifth so vice president under oh. James Madison. Wow. I don't know if this was before or after he made gerrymandering a thing, but awesome. Say Say lobby. Until 1970, there was no official residence for the vice president. That's so crazy. Literally almost 300 years. <laughs> no place for them to stay. They would just stay at their homes. They would just literally stay at their own homes and be what the vice president. What if they didn't live in D.C.? I guess you had to live in D.C. I guess you got to move. Right. You know, like right. you got to you, you like go and you buy a house and then you work then from, you, you right, work from like, home. All right. Got You're a stay at home dad. Like that's Brownstone what you do. on K Street. I yeah. guess that's going to do yeah now the official residency of the vice president is the u.s naval observatory that which seems so weird it, yeah I, it's a it's a full-ass house that's like on this naval yeah it's a you we'll put up pictures but yeah it's the u.s naval observatory it's his home i used to be like the like the commissioner or somebody used to live there and then they were like this looks like a great house for the vp another fun fact one vice president has taken the oath of office on foreign soil wow william king the 13th vice president was recovering from tuberculosis in Cuba when the date to take the oath of office happened. So he missed it. He couldn't go. He couldn't go back to the States. So he had to take the oath of office in Cuba. Wow. I know. He ended up dying. (laughs) Shortly after. From being in Cuba. From from tuberculosis in Cuba. He ended up dying. No, actually, I think he died in the States. I think he came back and died. But he died shortly (laughs) after taking the oath of office. And he is the shortest serving vice president in history. Aw, baby. Bless. Two vice presidents have resigned. Ooh. John Calhoun 
left Andrew Jackson's presidency due to clashing with Jackson. Honey, I get it. Honey, I get it. I would clash too. He also ended up taking a position in the Senate. He was like, screw this. I'm going to the Senate (laughs) to do something real. Bye. Um, He is one of maybe two or three who served under two presidencies. So he was John John Quincy Adams, vice president, the term before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I know, right? Super weird. Yeah. But he was like, when Jackson came along, he was like, I can't do this. I can't work with him. I can't can't, work with him. He's too, he's too much. So he resigned. And the other vice president that resigned was Spiro or Spiro. Spiro. Spiro Agnew. What a mouthful. Yeah. Spiro Agnew was Nixon's original vice president, but was forced to resign due to being charged with tax evasion and taking bribes. Yes. Have you listened Honey. to Money? What's the, the Rachel Maddow podcast about no, this? I oh, it's so good. You would love. I love. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll listen. Bagman. 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 There was, uh, so there was a vacancy and Gerald Ford was appointed to the position. Can you believe? Mm. When Nixon resigned, Ford became the only president in history not to have been elected because he was appointed. That's right. Crazy. That's so crazy. Crazy. And then, of course, he went on to win the presidency outright for a second term. This might be my favorite fun fact. Uh, Aaron Burr is the only vice president to ever have been accused of murder. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very Lizzie fun fact. I'm sorry. I I just like... (laughs) This is, I think this, I'm getting all these from history.com and I saw this one and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. This is so unbrand. It was Hamilton, right? Yes, it was Hamilton. Yeah. But again, Aaron, and then later after, I think after he was accused of murder, I can't remember if it was before or after. I think it was after. Then he was accused of treason. I'm just like, Aaron. Wow. Settle down. Busy boy. Settle down. He was Take busy. a breath. He was a very, he was a very cr- busy criminal boy. Wow. I'm going to do oldest vice president and youngest vice president. The oldest vice president in history was Albin Barkley, who was Truman's vice president, and he was 71 years old. Wow. Very old, especially for 19, how many half? Jesus yeah, Christ. really? The youngest vice president was John Beckenridge, who was name. Buchanan's vice president at 36 years old. Oh, a baby. Very, a sweet little baby babe. Yeah. Uh, two women have run as vice presidential picks. None have won, Shocker. obviously. The first one was Geraldine Ferraro, who yep. ran with Walter Mondale in mm-hmm. 1984. Yes. And uh, as we all know, Sarah Palin ran with John McCain, rest in peace, in 2008. Yes. So, I can see Russia from my house. Oh, Sarah, 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 Sarah. I love that that's just, that's not Sarah Palin at all. That is Tina Fey that's doing, Tina Fey Sarah, doing Palin, Sarah Palin. But it is Sarah Palin. But it's Sarah Palin. Yeah. And finally, just a little facts and figures to end on. The Democrats have held in modern times, so since we've had like a proper Democratic Party and a proper Republican Party, they have held 18 vice presidential positions and Republicans have held 20. Wow. So pretty, I mean, like fairly evenly dispersed. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. 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 It just goes to show that things ebb and flow. Things ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my fun facts. Well done. I know. Thank you. I'm so excited. I love fun facts. Love fun facts. Yeah. Vice president, interesting position. Interesting position. Yeah. It's really like a what you make of it type of job. Yeah. 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 It's a, you know, DIY. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whatever you want to like, make it your own. Make it your own. Do whatever you want. Make some choices. Yes. Choose your issue. I love it. Yeah. But that's it, guys. That was fun. That was really fun. That was a fun one. That was cute. Yeah. We love it. 
Guys, we love you. We love you. We love you so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can obviously find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can, you guessed it, subscribe to us. We love you so very much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Yes. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.